welcome to The Kids Are Alright, a weekly podcast especially for kids that's all about health, happiness and wellness. I'm Michelle and here with me are my co-pilots on this podcast, Buster and Buddy. Hey guys, Buster here. Oh yeah, fan favourite Buddy coming at you. <laughs> and we're on a mission to help you all feel great and live happy. Here we go. Hey, The Kids Are Alright. So guys, I think we all know how important nature is in our lives and how important it is in helping us feel well and happy. And you know, this probably became even more clear in lockdowns during coronavirus when we realised how our trips to the park or our walks along the beach or hikes in the mountains or in the countryside were so very important. It's incredible how much we really need the great outdoors and not just for exercise, but to feel well and happy. Yeah, defo. I think I only realised for the first time just how much nature was right outside my door. I couldn't believe it. How did I not notice it before? Yeah, and I also discovered so many cool things just near my house that I never knew were there. Like, there was this lovely walk along the river just down from my house. I couldn't believe it. I never noticed it before. (laughs) Yeah, I found loads of new walks and trails near me too that I'd never known about before. And I do think this realisation of the power and the importance of nature has helped focus people's minds on the climate change crisis that is happening right now. And that if we don't take action quickly, our environment and so much of this nature that we love will be destroyed. Yeah, I've heard of climate change, but I've never really understood exactly what it is and how it's messing up our environment. Yeah, I get quite confused too. I find it really scary when on the news all you see are towns being flooded, cars floating through the streets and people standing on their roofs hoping to be rescued by a helicopter. Or do you remember those crazy forest fires we saw in Australia where like large parts of the country were covered in massive fires? Oh, I feel like what on earth is happening? But what I want to know is if there is anything I can do in my home or my local area in my country to stop climate change because I feel like Buster, little old me, I can't do nothing about it, right? Yeah, I think a lot of kids are feeling the same way, guys. And I think someone like Greta Thunberg has encouraged lots of kids to step up and take action in their own local communities. Oh yeah, Michelle, she's amazing. Yeah, she really is. So we wanted to know what you kids think or know about climate change. So we went out and asked you. The kids say... What? Oh, yeah. Climate change is all of the weather kind of changing that where it wasn't really like this before. Sea levels are rising. One is because of greenhouse gases. A lot of the icebergs are melting and animals can go extinct because they're not used to this type of weather. Uh, it destroys the earth and it kills animals. We, I think we'll get more rain, lots and lots of rain and storms. Climate change is about changes in our weather. This is caused by people burning fossil fuels. We are now seeing more extreme weather causing icebergs to melt. This is having a huge impact on the earth. It's when the world is overheating, the weather is going all wrong and then it can impact on plants and the soil and climate change is just destroying the world. Well, It would be kind of hard to stop climate change at the point we are at, but we could do things to help so it won't get worse. So we could reduce using plastic or try shopping local or 
like cycling to places instead of using the car. The kids say, what? Oh, yeah. Wow, the kids seem to be really very aware about climate change. So this is why we're so pleased to have a person join us today who's an expert in this area. Her name is Dr. Cara Gustenberg and she's an environmental scientist. Thanks for joining us today, Cara. Thanks, Michelle. Great to be here. And so there are so many kids who are not just worried, but a little bit confused by all the big words and language used around climate change. So can we first start with the basics? Why is our planet getting hotter? Well, Michelle, I mean, right now, the reason why our planet is warming up is because of our own human activity. So we have burned a lot of fossil fuels in the form of oil and gas to heat our homes and power our cars. And unfortunately, when we burn fossil fuels, all of the chemicals that are in those fossil fuels go up into our atmosphere, and those chemicals can trap extra heat. So they act like a blanket, and and the planet warms up as a result. Okay, so, uh, Cara, let me make sure I have this right. The gases that we produce from the fuels we burn creates carbon dioxide, which stays in our atmosphere, and then this traps in the heat of the sun so it can't escape. Is that right? Yeah, that's pretty close. There's lots of gases that that contribute to this. One of them is carbon dioxide that comes from burning fossil fuels, but also our animals like cows and sheep produce a lot of methane gas, and that's even more potent than carbon dioxide at trapping heat. And also when we apply fertilizers to our land to grow food, that also can produce nitrous oxide, which is 300 times more powerful at trapping heat than carbon dioxide. Wow, wow. And is this heating up? That's called global warming. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And and really what's happening is our atmosphere and our planet is warming as a result of these extra gases in the atmosphere. And that is contributing and causing climate change and sea level rise and extreme weather, which is often what we refer to as climate change. I read that in the last six years that they've been the warmest since records began and that 2020 was one of the warmest years so far. So I suppose as a kid listening, that means if you're six years of age, then you've lived on Earth for the warmest six years on record. I mean, that's that's quite stark. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the, the concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, so that's why we're having such extreme changes in our temperature. But, but Dr. Cara, why is the world heating up such a big problem? Like, we all love when it's sunny and warm, right? Yeah, we do think that, particularly here in Ireland, that, that warmer temperatures is, is, would be nicer for us. It means better weather. But unfortunately, it's not that simple. So this is the average that the wor- world is warming. But of course, it's hotter. It's getting hotter in places like the Arctic or the equator. So Ireland is not experiencing quite as much of the extremes as other parts of the world. But also, too, all of this warmer temperature is extra energy in the atmosphere and in our planet. And extra energy drives more extreme weather. So we see bigger storms, uh, you know, larger storms that last for longer, like Hurricane Ophelia that hit Ireland a couple years ago, um, and then more bigger droughts. So in Ireland, what we're expecting because of climate change is actually wetter winters with bigger storms and more incidents of flooding, and then much drier summers that could lead to drought and all sorts of uh, water shortage problems. So, Dr. Cara, is there anything else we can do to stop climate change? Like us kids, I mean. 
Yeah, there's a lot we can do because so much of what we do as humans has an impact on the climate, on, on nature. So most of the time in our day-to-day lives, we are emitting greenhouse gases in the way we heat and power our homes. So when we leave the lights on, when we uh, when we burn oil or gas or even you know turf or wood or coal to, to heat a fireplace, those are all releasing greenhouse gases. And then how we get around, so how we get to school, how we get to work, our are we taking a car or are we you know, riding our bike and walking, which doesn't produce any greenhouse gases? So we have to look at our day-to-day our activities, what they call our carbon footprint, how much carbon we emit through our activities, and try and get that down in every way possible. So I suppose if the kids were going to try and do something in their homes themselves, maybe it's kind of something like being the king or queen of turning off appliances. Uh, definitely. Like conserving energy as much as possible is is really important in our houses. And so, you know, going around and turning off lights and appliances and, you know, putting a jumper on instead of turning the heat up is a really good place to start. And then, of course, uh, looking at how often we, we use a car or even a, a bus, which is also uh, powered by fossil fuels. So if we can walk and cycle more, um, then that can really help. I suppose it could be a really good thing to keep an eye on in the house is that just because you've turned off the switch beside a plug that you've got maybe plugged in for your tablet or your device, it's still using energy. So you need to plug it out and not just switch it off. Is that right? Yeah, if that little light is still on, then there's still energy going through it. So, you know, plugging things out completely uh, definitely helps. Oh, I'm definitely going to go around my house and make sure that everything is not just switched off, but plugged out too. But also make sure that everyone else in the house does as well, like your parents and your siblings. And it's so much easier now, Cara, to change your mode of transport. It's never been easier, really, with all the cycle tracks and so many cool cycling attachments for your bike. But I've seen toddlers and even little babies sitting and lying down in these comfortably. And there's so many extra cycle paths being built at the moment as well. So there's really no reason not to try it. Yeah, we're really lucky right now that we have a a Minister for Transport and Government who has been putting a lot of money into building new cycle paths that are safe enough for all of us to ride on without worrying about you know getting hit by a car so um, it's a really good exciting time to be getting into cycling and everything and, and I should mention too that you know even having conversations with adults or maybe the politicians in your area um, about climate change and telling them why you care and why you're concerned about this issue that can help change others behavior too so start talking about it with adults because you know adults my age we didn't learn about climate change in school um, so we're we're really behind in our knowledge compared to young people today. Definitely, definitely. I think that's a really key message. And I think the likes of Greta Thunberg has really kind of inspired this younger generation to go, they do have a voice. They can do something about this. Yeah, I mean, more than ever, young people are, are going to be burdened with this problem. Their voice is really, really important and they need to be saying to grown-ups now, look, if you don't solve this problem, then you're leaving me to deal with the mess to clean up. So, you know, it's it's really important that, that young people get that message across. But, but um, will adults actually take the time to listen to the kids? I mean, is there anything else we can do ourselves? Well, I think Greta Thunberg is a great example of how adults really are listening to kids because uh, kids are getting much more vocal through the Fridays for Future movement. And, and also young people are much more connected globally now. So they're, they're able to work together to influence change in a way that, that young people 20 years ago weren't able to do. 
And what I love is the fact that we're empowering the kids to feel that they can do something. And, and I think I heard you say before about um, writing letters maybe to your local councillors or the local paper, maybe getting some mates together and a few of you to write in your letters and, and getting them to put the climate change issue on the front page or cover it and just keep it on the agenda. Yeah, and that's that's really what's been changing things recently is, you know, in the last couple of elections in Ireland, we got people to just say, even young people, look, if a politician calls to your door, the first thing we'd love you to say is, what are you doing about climate change to that politician? So you don't have to be an expert in climate change yourself. You just have to ask the question to them. The more we can all ask this question, uh, the more it gets our politicians to realize that this is important to us and that they start to respond in the big scale, because a lot of the changes we need to do to address climate change require big you know, government interventions and like wind turbines and solar panels. And we as individuals can't do those things on our own. So that's why we really need to engage in the political system to make those big changes happen too. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm definitely going to write one of those. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> oh, oh, but do you remember we learned it in school? The bio, bio. Oh, and Buster, it's not bio or bio. It's biodiversity. Kara, that word biodiversity, isn't that something that's really important in the fight against climate change? Yeah, I'm really glad I mentioned that. So our biodiversity is the diversity of nature. So it's all the different species that we have on Earth. And, and all the species are interconnected with each other. So we all need each other to survive. And unfortunately, our biodiversity is in decline. So when we you know, develop land and cut down trees and build big buildings on it or use it for agriculture negatively impacting the biodiversity and nature that was already there. So we need to do a lot more to try and rewild to bring back biodiversity. And if you have a garden, you can really do something to help this. So you can create habitat for insects and bugs, and you can plant flowers that attract pollinators and are the food source of insects. So in our own backyard, we can do a lot. So how can we do it in our own back garden? Well, there's a, there's a great uh, set of documents called the Pollinator Plan here in Ireland. It'll teach you the things you can do in your garden. So even simply creating a bit of bare soil in your back garden is really useful for bees because oh. they use that to like create winter habitat for them when they're sort of dormant and hibernating. Yeah, and I've heard that planting more flowers is something that can really help increase the number of bees again, as with all the cutting back and the mowing of grass that we do, there just are not enough flowers left anymore for the bees and insects to eat, so they're literally running out of food. Yeah, I mean, um, planting flowers that are native flowers that, that attract bees and butterflies and other pollinators um, because they're all running out of food because there's not enough flowers out there for them to eat. So creating that kind of food supply for them all as much of the year as possible through planting trees that flower or even just normal flowers um, can be can be really useful too. So there's a lot of ideas in the pollinator plan for whatever size garden or space you have outdoors. Isn't it kind of, I suppose, the, the way that we have always liked to have everything quite neat. So we do lots of mowing and cutting back and making everything look very neat. And isn't that probably part of the problem? We need things to be a little less neat. And maybe this no-mow, I've heard about a no-mow policy that people talk about where you don't mow certain parts of your grass. Yeah, so the, the great thing is if your parents nag you to like mow the grass, actually it's it's good to leave it a little long. Yeah, I gotta say that to my dad. <laughs> no, no, dad, no mow today. I am doing a biodiversity garden. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, patches of, of area that leave wild in our garden and let nature take them back over is really nice. And particularly if we have like dandelions or daisies in our grass, and you want to leave those there for the bees. Dandelions are one of the early flowers to, to come out. Um, really important source of food supply when there's maybe not a lot of other flowers out there. So, um, you know, things like nettles are actually really good for biodiversity. So we should be trying to go completely chemical-free in our gardens uh, because that can impact all the soil and the earthworms that are in the soil and all of that. So um, chemical-free and wild is the best way really to address biodiversity and it's so easy to do. It could be a really good idea to get the kids listening who might play sports like football or rugby or GAA or whatever it is to get onto their local club and encourage them to maybe leave parts of the grounds as a no-mow and let them grow wild keep the pitches uh, mowed and flat for the playtime and then outside perhaps encourage the club to make that a wild area. Absolutely. I mean, they have a lot of land that they could be sort of playing with to create biodiversity havens and, and just not mow it and let nature take it back. And this is where the pollinator plans are great because they have special plans, whether it's a back garden or a golf course or a, a church or a GAA pitch. You could just, you know, print it off or refer the GAA manager to one of the pollinator plans. Very good. So if kids and adults check out the pollinator plan on pollinators.ie and we'll put that link on our website, I have to say it's great to know that there are things that we can do in our own lives that can really make a difference to help stop climate change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're really lucky right now that we're living in a time when all the technology actually exists to solve climate change. And the only thing that's missing right now is the, the political will and the momentum to make it happen fast enough. So it's not like we don't have the solutions to this. We do, because we can solve this problem. Wow, that's really great news to hear. Oh, thank you so much, Cara. That was some amazing advice you gave today. I've learned so much. I think we've all learned so much and we understand climate change so much better now. And it's great now that we have a plan and things that we can do in our own home and in our own lives to make a change. I'm glad to hear it. Thanks, Cara. Thanks, Cara. Bye, Bye. You're the best. It's time to rewind, recap, rethink, tap. Yeah. I feel like I really understand the difference between global warming and climate change now. Yeah, I think when you understand the how and the why that make it easier to see what you can do. Well, I'm definitely going to grab a few of my friends and we'll send letters to our councillors or local papers and ask them to change some of the green spaces to wild nature areas. Yeah, and I'm going to be the boss of Unplug It in my house. I'll write down all the things that need to be unplugged at night and I'm going to check them to make sure everyone has it done. Even my dad, he's always leaving his laptop on overnight. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm going to talk to my mom and dad about using the car less for shorter journeys and maybe use our bikes more instead. I think it'll be much more fun as well as helping to fight against climate change. Yeah, me too. I really think we can play our part and make a difference, Buster. Yeah, so how about we set a challenge for the kids listening, buddy? Yeah, that's a great idea. So, how about we challenge all you kids out there to take on a biodiversity challenge? That you have to convince your parents, maybe even your school, or your sports club to have a no-mow policy in parts of the green spaces. So basically, that means they have to leave some sections to grow naturally and not cut the grass. Yeah, and let's get the adults to let us plant more wildflowers in these areas. 
Oh, and maybe we could even build bug hotels. What? A bug hotel? In, ugh, no, we don't want bugs in a hotel. No, a hotel for bugs. Oh. Yeah, with like woods and stones and bits they can crawl in. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's time to rewind, we can rethink time. Yeah. Here we go, yo. Hey guys, it's that time again. It's time to tickle your funny bone. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sophie and I'm 10 years old and this is my joke. What kind of music do balloons not like? Pop. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emily Rose and I'm 11 and this is my joke. What do sheep wear on their lips? Lip balm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a brilliant joke. <laughs> yeah, that really was a good one, all right. <laughs> do you know, it's been great today. Thanks to all the kids who sent in their audio clips. And do you know, if you have something you want to tell us, we want to hear a story, a question or your favourite joke. We'd love to hear from you. All you have to do is record it in the voice recorder app on a parent's smartphone and then email it into us. The email is in our show notes. Yeah, make sure to check out our website, www.thekidsareallright.ie <laughs> for more details about sending in your clips and you'll find loads of more info about the show and everything and everyone we talk to. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show and learned loads. If so, then tell all your friends. Yes, indeed. And remember, guys, try to be healthy, be well, and be happy. <laughs> See you next time on The Kids Are All Right. It's time to... Air guitar in the car! Or wherever you are. <laughs>